In lo ta'am ta'oides ta'ma shel tefila k'shinekiyam in bakoshes tzarchach. You know there are different reasons that we daven. The different types of tefilas. The tefila that comes most naturally to a person. The davening that comes most naturally to a person is the davening that comes as a result of of a personal need or of a collective need when a person feels endangered, God forbid. Somebody that he loves is sick. When the Hasashalm is a, a war. <clears throat> this davening is the type that flows easiest and it will come even out of the mouths of people who generally are not in the practice of davening, not in the habit of davening. This type of tefillah. The Rebbe is saying here, the Rebbe is talking about, so how do we really know when even that kind of tefillah, the tefillah for personal need, is one that is coming from a real place? How do we know? Of course a person is afraid. So there's an expression in America, there's no atheist in a foxhole. It's true. <clears throat> but does that mean that that's an emistic etfila? Or does it mean that we're talking about a person who simply is, a person who's simply afraid, and the delays braver and no one else to turn to? His last choice will be the uh, faith of, of when he was a child and so on. So the Rebbe says him, You never really tasted the taste of davening that's completely clean. It has nothing to do with asking for something. You're not asking for anything. It's not It's not something that you need that you're that you're calling out for. But you never tasted a davening like this. If you haven't in your life cried. <clears throat> when praising Hashem, crying, crying at, at, not of being sad, but <clears throat> because of because of, of, of one's of one's deep love for Hashem. If you've never, if you've never felt the excitement of when you're speaking to Hashem, min Hashem, el Hashem, speaking from Hashem to Hashem, meaning from that part of yourself that's elokus, that's godly, or concerning Hashem and to Hashem, if you've never felt that the words that, that that feeling, that emotion is that it's pushing, it must go out it must be expressed by it's pushing out of the heart and the mind a revelation of godliness itself which you don't even understand if you've never felt that there's something inside of you that's godly, that's forcing you to call out then the Rebbe said, "You should know that the tears that you cry when you're asking for something in your davening—that's that when, when something is when you need something, when there's a problem with health or panosa and so on—you should know that those tears and shemaim are seen as kemaisa yaldus, as a as the as an act of a child. 
childish tears. Habarichim avakeh shashum vagaizim, like a little like a little boy that's crying because he wants a toy. Someone took from him a toy, or someone took from him some some nuts or candy. <clears throat> it's not not to say, God forbid, that it is meaningless. Chas because sometimes the crying of a child, even over something which is so silly, could have a greater impact upon a person and can bring more chesed into the world than uh, the crying over, of an adult over something which is very important. But sof kol sof, the Rebbe says, it's still an immature level of davening. If the only davening that you know is the one of asking, but you're, nev- you're not filled ever with, um, with, with excitement, with emotion when it comes to praising Hashem, when it comes to giving thanks to Hashem, Sheva, Chaydoya. So then you're davening, when you daven for what you need, it's like a child who says, I, I need this, I need that, I want a toy, give me this, give me that. But at that point, the only one that you could ask is Hashem. And if the doctor were there, and if the doctor knew how to handle the situation, so you would you would uh, cry out to the doctor, it's not Davka Hashem, it's not Davka Hashem. I say zos efo, so do this. Try this. Try doing this. Try this exercise. Azov al al Try to go away. Try to leave for an hour or two. The world and all of its turbulence, all of its noise, its commotion. Armumius chachmasa or Try to tear yourself away from the shrewdness, the cleverness of this world, and try to go alone, be alone. I suppose he would have said without your beeper and cell phone and so on. And if it's possible for you, go to the forest. And look at yourself when you're in the forest. See yourself. See yourself as a simple creature among all of God's creation. Another creature. <coughs> and together with the sun and the moon, and the birds of Hayar and all of the trees of the forest, begin to sing to Hashem. You have come to fill, to reveal Hashem, and to fill the entire world the song of Hashem's greatness. Hachel Nolamoshel. Try, says, begin, for instance, Lahachris Laham Begin to talk to the world. To talk to the, to talk to all that's there in the forest. And to tell them, as Adain Ha'olam, the master of the world, is Yedid Nafesh, the friend of my soul. Vitirim like the spirits, Nafshachab is and you will see. You'll see if you if you'll be able. He says eventually you will not be able to hold back your soul from exploding. 
all of its glory, outside of oneself, as it approaches, as the soul approaches her king and the one who created her, who has become near to you, who has come to hear the, the sound of your song. And a fire from above will begin to burn within you. And only a flood of tears will save you and calm you down. A flood of tears of emotion. Of course, the Rebbe is talking about something that, that, that eludes modern man to a large extent. We don't to be we, we can admire that the Rebbe obviously that the Rebbe obviously felt this and went through this. It's difficult for us to even imagine. But the Rebbe says to include oneself, to strip one to strip away from oneself all the phoniness, all of the shallowness, all of the all of the complexity of your personal human life as as someone that's part of the of the city, of the work, of the workforce, even as something that's part of a specific family, and to just become like a tree or a bird or a flower or a cloud that you see in the forest, and to join together with all of creation and to sing out Hashem, which is what all Tzuket Zimra is about. All of Tzuket Zimra. If you look at the, at the Halalukas, Hallelujah, Hashem Neshamayim. All those, they're, they're said, but they're said by way of of tzivui, by way of a commandment. The way that the way that the lashonis of the of the halukas, all of them. Hallelujah, Kol Malachim. Hallelujah, Hallelujah, Shemesh V'Yareach. The person is the person is not describing something. The person is the person is in the forest, like the Rebbe said, and is calling out and saying to the to the sun when it's during the day. No, what are you what are you so quiet? Hallelujah, the, the sun and the moon should praise Hashem. Hallelujah, the stars. Hallelujah, the fish. All of this is all of this is the person. We saw this in Bnei Machshavatayve. You mentioned it. Is the person turning? Is the person turning to the world and and being part of the world and saying, "What's the matter with you guys? How could you be so quiet?" And now he now based upon this, he explains what Chazal tell us: "Oz Tovin as Bakoshas Moshe Rabbeinu." Then only then can you understand what Moshe Rabbeinu was talking about. What he was asking for. <coughs> that shortly before he died, he was begging Hashem that he should be like a bird. He'd be able to fly to Israel, be like a bird. <coughs> to tell the story and to sing the glory of Hashem's greatness. To be in God's presence, this is what he longed for. This is what he longed for. 
not to be Moshe Rabbeinu, not to be anybody, to be like a bird that is with all the other creatures of this world singing Hashem's praises. Now this is a very, the youth test is very famous. I've often, I've often quoted it, mentioned it, and Shavuos we, we spoke about it, Shavuos night. This is also an unbearing of the Rebbe's soul. Baruch Hashem nechnasti kvar bishnas arboim limei chayai. So Baruch Hashem, I've entered into the 40th year of my life. Uba'id eizah chadoshim eyei miz Hashem ben arboim shleimim in a few months. This, I'll be a complete 40 years that I've finished of my life. It means that the that I'll begin my descent towards death. I'll begin to grow old. My heart is my heart is filled with fear. Not not from the passing years am I trembling. It's not because of the years that are passing in my in my mafarchis I'm trembling, I'm afraid. I was I was created for a limited amount of time and I understand that the person lives for some years and dies. I wasn't created to be eternal. That's not why I'm I'm that's not why I'm afraid. I'm afraid because of the poverty of my years that I've spent in this world. That have passed and are passing poverty and emptiness, shiftless and loneliness, and smallness. Look at a human being only when the days of his life have already passed. And only when the years begin, when he starts to age, and the years of Yerida, of descending, of nearing the completion of life, as he turns towards death, then when that begins, then you, then you remember to return to Hashem. That's why he says, Look what's, what's wrong with me. And even if it were true that I've, de- that I've delayed this for so long, I've put this off until, until the, 40th, the, 40, the completion of 40 years, and as I, begin, as I begin my descent, even if it's true that that type of tshuva is inferior, but he asks, even now, could I be entirely sure of myself? Weren't there other periods of my life, transitions in my life, milestones in my life that passed also with great hope and with great promise? And how did they end? Like snow on a hot day, on a summer's day, they melted and became nothing. Those hopes, those dreams. 
Gam kodem habar mitzvah. Before my bar mitzvah. Kodem achasana. Before the wedding. Bechuli. Hergashti min yiravis chasus kazoi. I also felt back then, in those milestones of my life, I felt also a fear and a certain hischazkis to strengthen myself. Vamarti oz, and I said then, I must become a faithful servant of Hashem. I must change. I must devote myself entirely to Him. And who knows? Who knows that perhaps even now if Hashem will give me more years. The truth is He didn't have too many years after that. But who knows if Hashem will give me more years, then I'll get used to being in that decade of the 40s, of being 40 and on. I'll get used to that. So that, that milestone will no longer be a milestone. The hysterosis, the excitement, the emotions will fade, and my convictions to change will disappear. Just like it happened in the past, by my mitzvah, by my it will happen to me now. For that fear, together with that hope. Techlena will disappear, will become nothing, will become nothing, will zero There won't be even a memory of this feeling that I'm having. Not even a memory of it. So this, down, this doesn't sound too Hasidish, right? So here comes the Chassidus. And he was a Chassid of Chassidim. The possession of you would, you would cut him open, Chassidus came out. But he struggled. And that's what's so ex- extraordinary about this Sefer. Because we get, a, we get a peek, a glimpse of that. I will alna es yaish. I won't give up hope. As my heart is still trembling from this 40th birthday. And as the beginning of old age nears, my, my limbs are knocking one against the other in fear. They're, they're they're knocking each other and trembling. I will try once again to gird myself, to strengthen myself with all that I have. To accept upon myself. To attach myself to Hashem. With a permanent knot, a permanent bond. And if I do, if I put all my kaiches into this, and I give it all that I can, perhaps, perhaps I'll succeed. So the question is, so what should I accept upon myself? What should I accept upon myself? There should have been a, like a kame after. What should I accept upon myself? To learn more? To be a bigger masmid? So he says, How many? Who could say that? 
He says, what should I say? What should I be makabal of it? To learn more, he says, it seems to me that whatever, whenever I have a chance, I, I learn. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a batlan. I'm not wasting my time from learning. I learn whenever I can. And he meant learning with intensity. He didn't mean just to sit in front of a safer. That's also about, that's also about I mean, just if you sit in front of the safer and you're, you're checking your nails and you're thinking about phone calls, that's not, that's not called learning. Learning is when a person is sitting and he's concentrating. And the Rebbe says, I could say that Kim Dumani, I, I, I'm not Halich Bottle, I'm not a person that wastes time. Maybe I should concentrate on this to be makabal for myself, to, to distance myself from, from desire, from physical desire. She says, see, unless my, unless my Yetzirah itself is deceiving me, Bar Hashem and any Meshubat Kolkach Latayva Gufanis Chasosholu. No, he says, Bar Hashem, I'm not enslaved by any physical desires. God forbid. So the Rebbe says, Umachosirli. So therefore, what's missing? So he says. I've read this a thousand times, and each time I read it, it says, So what is missing? This kind of learning is not learning is not missing. I have no problems with the Yet Sahara. If, if we could go an hour like that, he says, I, in my whole life, he says, I have no problem. I don't have these problems. He says, Poshut. What's missing is partially as Yehudi to be a Jew. Constantly, this is missing. <clears throat> so on Shavuos, we spoke about Gairus, about converting to a Jew, that a Jew should become a Jew. In my own eyes, it seems to me I appear. Kitsuris other Mitsuyaris. Like a perfectly painted, beautiful person. Like a painting. Nothing is missing, he says. A beautiful painting. Shakolba. Hagavanim, beautiful colors. Hatsura, beautiful form. I seem in my eyes like a beautiful painting. A learning, a painting of a Jew learning, a painting of a Jew davening, a painting of a Jew, a painting of a Jew singing and dancing. But there's one thing that's missing. My soul. If he looked at himself in such a way, could you imagine our davening, our, our learning, our being Jewish, our going through the motions of the year, Rosh Hashanah and Kippur, Sukkot, Mechanik, and on, without neshama, without without inwardness, without without one's soul ever being expressed. He says, my soul is missing. 
is the master of the world. who sees all that's hidden. Before you I confess. And to you I call out, I beg. I have been cast away and I'm far from you. And from all of your chambers, I am so far. I simply want from now on to convert. And from now on to be a Jew. Should save me, that I shouldn't spend the rest of my years. With my with my donkey, with my with my dog. Bring me near to you. Bring me back to you. And bring me to your inner chamber. Tie me, bind me, connect me to you. Bind me to you, connect me to you. Forever. And expansiveness. He said, I, I almost decided two weeks ago to no longer daven for a long life, to stop davening for years. Sometimes he says the added years, the old age of that old man is more of a punishment. It's more of a deficiency. It's poverty. And he describes what he's afraid of becoming. Kol Yom of Chazid there's an old man whose his entire life he was a he was a chosid. and he was careful. like the other chasidim as he was growing up. when he came to his sixtieth year, a His took hold of him. Grabbed him by the throat and threw him into the bathroom. Mamish al Besakisa, Mamish to the bathroom. Mamish 
the bathrooms back then were not like the bathrooms now, you understand. And he was drowning in that place, in the bathroom, the filth. Not, only, not a year, not two years. Even when he was already 74, 75 years old. He couldn't, he couldn't tear himself away from his, from his disgusting sins. Now he, you know, he looks at himself as an old chassid. He considers himself to be an old chassid this man. How can he consider himself to be an old chassid? It's strange in my eyes. Just like it's strange in our eyes if you see a person that's wearing chassid God forbid, talking or acting in the wrong way. So that's a chassid because he because he's spent a hundred dollars, uh, you know, on, on that coat, or he, he doesn't shave. He's a chassid. That's a chassid. What does it mean? That's a chassid. Says Muzer It's strange in my eyes. Vehaim zikna kazoi liyeh shakur bezuhama vetuma adlamal meiray shvachmalaslon. Now he says a very, very strong sentence here. It's hard to even repeat it. He says, is this the old age? Is this the old age that a Jew is waiting for? To be buried in the filth, the tumah, above one's head. Hashem should save us. For a person to consume his own feces, his own filth. Velushtais me me raglov to drink his own urine. Chaim to kari asher learn the kafe. Is this the life that we want that that we're, that we're davening for? Is this why we have to live to be old people? This is what I need to daven to be an old man. Or a coven b'shaol tachdis, or just to rot, to rot in hell. The din shall tsayer esachasi in the judgment of. Of filth, of burning filth, of boiling filth is one of the punishments that's mentioned in Chazal. I run from this like, like the distance of shooting an arrow, like you know, David and Yehonasan. That means far away. I don't need to be an old man like this. It's not what I'm davening for for old age. An unbelievable fear has come over me and is causing me to tremble. Master of the universe, to live. And to grow old, he is dangerous. I've spoken about this elsewhere. Every person and the state of his own Kedusha, of his holiness, and the state of his own 
Taharis Amidas, the pureness of his of his Midas, of his characteristics. Beruach Agvura and that strength that he has within him. Tolui Midacha Shalyat Sahari Yachidali Matsi Bishnay Bne Adam. You might have you might have one level of Yat Sahara, one type of Yat Sahara that's found in two people. One person conquers the Yetzahara, and the other person is defeated, is, is conquered by that Yetzahara. That person who is able to strengthen himself with the Ruach Gvura, with, with courage, with strength, I'm not listening to the Yetzar. I'm not giving in. I'm not going to let him conquer me. I'm the master of my own of my own life. Kaifshay. He will conquer the Yetzar. In other words, what the Rebbe says is that every person's holiness and pureness depends upon that that courage, that omet halev, that that strength of conviction to fight. You could have two people that have the same Yetzirahs and they go through similar lives. And one is totally destroyed by the Yetzirah and the other one is Mizgabra. He conquers the Yetzirah. And this one could be blaming the one that loses, blames his parents. And he blames his therapist. And he blames his teachers. He blames his sviva. He blames his century. And the other one the only difference is the other one had Oymet life. He had courage. And he was strong. He had the same Yet Sahara, except he screamed and yelled and forth and he kicked. Kaifsha, and he's able to conquer it. Vahashani, but his friend, Belayv Noivel Venefish Kamusha, Kaushaloy Lehis Gabra, called Taiva Kalavanichsha. The second one, when you have a heart that's when you have a soul that's weak and that's withered, it's very, very hard to overcome even even a little taivala, you know, even a little desire. It's very hard to it's very hard to win. Ezehu gibber, who's a gibber? Hakavish is Yitzra. The gibber. Is the one who's kavish is Yitzchol, and that's the only way to be kavish the Yitzchol. It's the only way to defeat the Yitzchol is by being a gibber. It's by being heroic. By being heroic, by being strong, by being courageous. That's the only way to defeat the Yitzchol. By gibber is Only with that kavur can a person defeat the Yitzchol. This is what the Balatani is talking about, and I've mentioned before. But the Tanya talks about in Parakhavov, you could have two people of equal strength. And they're wrestling, they're fighting. But if one of them is lazy, lethargic, if one of them is not a Gibber, so he'll be easily defeated. He'll be easily defeated and destroyed. The other one could even be physically weaker. 
when I was talking about this a few weeks ago, Pasha Shlach, about the Matzah Venet Yisrael that we're in now, and called Alam Gvar, may the stronger one win. If you believe that what you're fighting for is urgent, if you know in the depths of your heart that you can't live without this, and if you believe that if your Yetzirah wins, you're lost, everything is lost, and you have that conviction, that courage that strengthens you to fight, then even you might be much weaker than the, than the guy next door. Same thing in the army. And you'll win. And you could be someone that's very, very strong. But you're easily defeated by even the smallest tither. The smallest thing comes your way. A tiny little thing comes your way. So, you know, this happens all the time. I have like a Baruch will come back from Yisrael, comes back from Yeshiva, and you know, he's, like they say by the kids, you know, he frummed out, and he, uh, he's got the right haircut, he's got the right look, he's saying the right words, he's got, you know, he sprinkles his words with uh, his speech with some Yiddish and a couple of terms from the Gemara, I had no Havamina to do this, and so on, you know. He looks right, everything sounds good. And he's going to go to the right place, and uh, you know he's going to go to a good yeshiva. He's going to learn. He's doing great. He's describing to me all of his conquests, how many blood gemara, and uh, he was in Svas, and he was in Tver, and he was in Shalim. He David here. He did this. He did that. And uh, he's overcome, you know, the Sahara and so on. So, so many times, the ones who are at least honest, they'll come after a couple of months, you know, I'm having a problem, Rebbe, what's the problem? You know, I thought that I had completely eliminated this Yetzirah. And I find myself in the worst, in the worst matzav of my life right now. A person who fools himself and thinks that he's that because he was away from home a little bit, that he's gained so much strength. It was only a question of whether the young lady was pretty enough who came along. It's so easy to deceive oneself into thinking that I'm, I'm a giver, I'm so strong. This is part of the life in yeshiva in general. It's not exactly, it's not exactly the... the the most challenging time of your life in terms of overcoming your Yetzirah. The, the biggest Yetzirah you have to overcome in Yeshiva is the Yetzirah not to learn. That's a big Yetzirah. Not to be a battle, to be serious. But, the, but what life brings and the challenges that life brings. You can have a person that considers himself happily married. A wonderful wife, wonderful children. And he could find himself at work talking too much and a little bit too personally to somebody at work. Too long and too personal. And, this, and occasionally his mind wanders to forbidden places. And he can't believe it. So what am I, I'm 16 years old, I'm 17 years old, is this crazy? What's the matter with me? We can't fool ourselves. A person has to know. You know why? Because if you fool yourself, 
and you become complacent and you don't believe that you have to train and work out anymore. You can be a naturally strong person, but if you don't lift any weights, and if you don't work out, you don't exercise, so then, you know, you're not going to be able to, you're not going to be able to, 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 to win. You're not going to be able to go down court, up court, you're not going to be able to get to the end zone. You're just, you're out of shape. <clears throat> That's what the Rebbe was talking about, what we learned last week. If you're not a fighter, if you're not the kind of a person that feels that you have to, that you have to train, and you have to be angry. Remember last week, you have to, you have to be angry with your Yitzhahara. You have to be enraged with what's wrong inside of you. If you're complacent and calm, so then it's so easy to slip into that state of being a nechbash, of being conquered. It's so easy. Ruach Gevura, what the Rebbe says, more than anything, a Jew needs to be a to be strong, to be courageous, to be to be someone that fights. This is what I saw by the old time Jews growing up that I don't see as much by myself and the and the new generation. There was a certain kind of a I don't know maybe how to put it, uh, it was spunky. And only if you met that kind of a Jew that that kind of a yid it's a certain kind of a, a certain kind of a strength of character, and in general, in general, it's so hard now because we're so terribly spoiled, the new generation. So, forget about fighting the Sahara. The second something, the second your boss goes boop, so then all, then you, you have to go to a therapist the next day. We're so weak. It's unbelievable. We've become so weak. We just don't have gvur bechlal. We're just not giburim anymore. We're not kibayrum. We're not used to. It. We're so pampered. Life has become. I bar Hashem. It's good. Life has become a lot easier. Our parents, our grandparents, they had to fight for every inch of life. So they were kibayrum, but tevel they were kibayrum. It wasn't like you know. I don't know how I'm going to manage without this air conditioning for the next ten minutes. I don't know how I'll survive. But our grandparents had cash like this. I remember my, my wife's grandmother, Alaa Shalom, was a very special woman. She came from Galicia. Not uh, the fathers, because you know the you know Lee, but the other from the other side, she was also special, but she hardly spoke English. But the other one came to America and lived on the Lower East Side at the beginning of the century. And they were once talking, she was a wonderful she was a spunky woman, I'm telling you, unbelievable. In those days when almost everybody became a Machal Shabbos and they, they threw away Yiddishkeit because they couldn't survive. She held on to everything. She was a very remarkable person, and she enjoyed a good glass of beer. It's hard to describe such a person. She was filled with Yiddishkeit in such an unassuming and such a simple and beautiful way. It was such, so much a part of her. So we once talking about, she, she used to talk about what it was like in the Lower East Side in those days. So so one of the, one of the uh, grandchildren asked, Bubi, how do you manage like in the summer when it was like 100 degrees? So we think now it only became 100 degrees now. So how, how did you manage? So she says, oh, Kasha, how do we manage? So we sat out on the, we sat out in front, or we sat, we sat on the, on the fire escape a little bit. And we used to schmooze. I used to take a piece of paper. And uh, 
We lived. We lived and we had much fewer depressed people back then than we have now. Because now everything is coming to us and to our children. Our children, can you imagine? They look at us like Rigiborim. It's crazy. We know we're not. Subhanallah, that whole Ruach Gvura, it's so dangerous. It's so dangerous. I was reading a letter from the stipler last night. It was a letter that was written to him. You know, he didn't read letters that were written by women. He wouldn't read. He would have his daughter say over the letter. So there was a letter that was written to him by a woman who had two children, two healthy children, thank God. And she was, like many women, she was, she was rightfully overwhelmed. She was just overwhelmed. They were close in age. She was a young married woman. You know, cuddled the whole scene. And she was overwhelmed. And she didn't know what to do. And she sent a letter to the tzaddik, you know, to the stipler. You know what the stipler's answer was? He said, have more children. That's the stipler's answer. Have more children. Can you imagine? Nowadays, if you say that, you get lynched. They look at you like you're a Hamashuganit. That's the problem, not the cure. You think the stipler is a simple man? The stipler said, have more children. You know what he said? He said, if you look amongst the Hasidim, that have, that many of them have very, very large families, he says, first of all, the older ones help with the little ones. He said, the older ones help with the little ones. And he said, they're not spoiled. The little ones, he says, grow up. The children grow up with a feeling of we have a team and we have to help. But if you have, if you're, if you have that one child or two children, some people can't, of course, can't, uh, can't have any children. Hashem Yirachim, or can't have more children. But about if you, you have that one child that those two children, he says, the stipler wrote, you know, and the stipler wrote. I don't know if you ever seen anything. So you, you know, it doesn't hold back at all. You know, so the stipler wrote, those children are in danger of being spoiled brats. And they can't live without mommy, not for a minute. And they, not only that, but they don't know how to help other Jews. Because their entire lives, everything, mommy, mommy, mommy. Do this, give me this, give me that. Says, but if you look at the children in larger families, it's, it's not a rule. It's not a rule. But they, they grow up understanding that I can't always have every single second what I want, and mommy's not always able to give me her attention right now. And they grow up less tzibrochen in life, less broken by anything that comes along. Any little breeze that comes their way, they don't get, they don't get bl- blown away by it. But, but, those, but the spoiled, pampered ones, you should know, they're going to, in life, make greater difficulties to the parents than the ones who grow up feeling like look we gotta I told you I, I mentioned a few times that one of the most eye opening things was when my two of my girls two of my daughters went to spend Shabbos with my with, the, with their Hasidic cousins in Williamsburg they spent the Shabbos there and they came back very very excited they were talking about it 
course, my Suri wanted to right away convert. She's, she wanted to move to Williamsburg, and she had tainas. How come we're not living like that? And, you know. So they're describing, we're sitting Friday night at the table, and they're saying, Mommy, you wouldn't believe it. Our cousin, the mother, she, she after she eats Friday night food, and they sing some smears, she goes and she lies down on the couch, Mommy. She lies down on the couch, and the and the children, the girls, they get to work. They said, Mommy, you won't believe it. She doesn't lift a finger the entire night. And the kids are saying this while my wife is cleaning the table. <laughs> Ma, you wouldn't believe it. Like they're leaning back in the chair. I'm telling you, Ma, this is so beautiful. We never saw anything like this. And my wife... She's awesome. My wife is also saying, yeah, that's so nice. And I'm the only one. I'm looking at, her, I'm looking at this. I'm thinking, what? It's Beta Michigan. They're both crazy. And I said, hold on. Hold on. I said to my wife, sit down for a second, Michael. Sit down. Children, do you hear this? What? You're so filled with admiration. You can't believe how beautiful it is that, 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 that your cousin is like a... The girls, they sing mirrors together. But if I ask you, can you can you do this? Can you do that? It's not my turn. It's her turn. How come I have to do it? She doesn't do it. She's her. You know, the shackle of Italian, back and forth. It's not fair. It's not fair. And we have to make up all these lists. You know, whose turn and all these things and all this chachmas. You know, give that prize. I said, well, you don't think your mother deserves to be a princess? You don't think that she works? The whole week she's a slave. You know, and, and we were talking about it. But, but to raise a generation of Giborim, so you realize that that affects the children when it comes to being Giborim with the Yetzirah also. You have to understand that. The, poor, the spoiled, pampered little girl, little boy, has a hard time fighting against the Yetzirah. He's not used to fighting Bechlau. He's not used to fighting Bechlau. My, my, I sent my son off to camp, like many of you sent, I sent my son off to camp yesterday. So he's telling me that he heard that in camp, in this camp you have Rishus, that if your parents are in the mountains, they let you go for a Shabbos or two, to your parents. Listen, I would love to see him, you know. But I'm thinking, what's the matter? What what's wrong with you? And I think it's my fault. I don't blame him. So I, so I, and I said to him, you know, it's good for you to be away a little bit. You be in camp. You have Shabbos with the Chavra. When are you going to come? What's there in the bungalow? What's there to do for you in the bungalow? You be there. There's Ruach. There's a Seder in learning. There's nothing for you in the bungalow. What are you? What are you? She says to me, or she says, look, you know, I grew up among six sisters. And I became a little bit uh, spoiled like that. So he says to me, so at least I appreciated the honesty. I said, what are you, a baby? What's wrong with you? Come on. You be with the guys. You be with the boys. It's such a... There's such a, an atmosphere that's... That, that, that... To find this gavur, it's very, very hard to find this gavur. So the Rebbe says... You have to be a gibur. 
to conquer Yitzhar. L'chein kashem is dakin aldem ruach rosa nechlaz. As a person grows old, and naturally the ruach of Gvura, his strength, his strength, his ability to overcome becomes weakened. So koshla yoyislaz garba Yitzhar becomes more difficult to overcome the Yitzhar. V'chala so he, and all he's depending upon, is what? Shugam Yitzhar nechlazhoz. Which is true. He's depending upon, the, he's hoping that well, my Yitzhar gets weaker as I get weaker. Because my body, physically, I am getting weaker. And so my Yitzhar gets weaker. Is there anything more pitiful than a person who's physically weak, he's old? But the Yitzhar doesn't get weaker. He says, there is such a Metzius. So he says, you should know that if you didn't work on correcting your Yetzirah and eliminating on, on fighting when you were young, when you were a Bacher, you're in danger of falling even in your old age. He's saying even more so, perhaps. Because you don't have that strength anymore. You're just tired, you're weak. More than when you were young. So the Rebbe says it's not enough for a person to just act in a chassidish way, to just go through the motions in a, to, with the clothing and with the hanhogis of the chassidim. To behave as a chassid. He says, You have to become a chassid. You have to be chassidim, not just act like chassidim. I'm not talking just to conduct yourself in a way that is holy. That's good, that's good. I'm not just talking about going to the mikveh and conducting yourself in a way of holiness. I'm talking about becoming Kaddish, being Kaddish. As Chazal explained the Pasuk in Torah, which Chazal explained it's not enough to sanctify yourselves, but become that way, be that person, not, not only to engage in those practices, but become that person. It's not enough this time or a hundred times, to be misgabbering your Yetzirah, to defeat your Yetzirah. It's not enough. Ken gam le'dayla le'zgabbel b'vada Yetzirah rak gam le'hei osa'z gibur. I want you to become a gibur. You have to become a person who's a gibur in everything that he does, every moment of his life, he's a gibur. Li'o'z odam atzma, to be a person who's master over himself, who rules over himself. Not that this time of his masliach. To be a person whose heart is in his own reshus, that he's in control of himself. I once mentioned to you in Shul that Rabbi Yishulayv Diskin, the great brisker of the Rav of Yushalayim. So they say that he had a Rebbetzin that was exceedingly beautiful. I mentioned this once in Shul. She was very beautiful, his Rebbetzin. There's a young a young woman, she was very, and the yeshiva bochum used to run away from her. So one time, the briskerov was giving, was giving a shear, 
And he said to one of the Bokhim, go, I forgot, on my dining room table, whatever, the Rashba, go get the safer, I left on my dining room table, and he's thinking, oh, no. You know, the rabbits, what am I going to do? So, these weren't little boys, these were Bokhim. So, so the whole way, like, he's going, you know, with a tefillah, and he, and he finally, you know, he knocks on the door, and nope, the rabbits answers the door, and he has his eyes on the floor, and he says that the, the Rav wants his, his Rashba. So the Rabbison said, Bacharel, it's better that you should look at me and, and think of the floor than look at the floor and think of me. <laughs> it's a good word. You see, you could, you could go like that with your eyes on the ground. That doesn't mean that you're, that doesn't mean that you're a giver. It doesn't mean that you're a giver. A giver is a person who goes into the world. We, we, daven, we don't want to come to Nisiyanis. We're not allowed to Khalilu put ourselves into Nisiyanis. But a giver is someone who goes into, in, into war and is able to stare the enemy in the face and to go right there. And he says, you should be like this. I'm not only talking about a virus. I'm not only talking about overcoming the eight Sahara, not just about a virus. He says, not only, and not, only, not only when it comes, let's say, to eating or permissible Taivas, I'm not only talking about in these areas to be a giver, everything, with everything in your life, everything inside of you. Don't, he says, don't become overly excited from yourself. What does, that, what does that mean? Like sometimes there's a person, a, a new idea. Someone talks to you about something, even in business. And, and right away, the guy talks to you, his pilots, and you get all into it, and you get crazy, and this is it, this is it, this is going to be it. Nah. And you make yourself meshuggah until finally, you know, your wife tells you, what are you crazy? It's not shy. And you say, I guess not. Right? <laughs> so this whole hispilus, he says, says to do something and not to do something. to say, even to think. Don't be a person like we were learning in, in the earlier weeks. Don't be a person that every single thing comes your way. You see something right away, it takes you. You hear something right away, it chaps you. You take something even from your, you know, your own thoughts. These things that you go through, it's so easy. He says, You should be a person that only obeys the commands of the Master, meaning of your true self, of your Yetzirah of who you really are, of the Balabas. Only the essence, the one who inside of you is commanding, the one who's in charge. From that, that alone can there be his pilus, Zulas, and not any smaller, silly part of yourself. And if you get accustomed to this, to listening only to the master, to your true self, who speaks in a commanding way, if you get used to this, 
Then he says, Legibor Baetsem Yeoseh, and you will be transformed into a real Gibor. You will become a Gibor. Gufa Yizdakein, even though your body ages, Afeicha Yecholesh, you become weaker. But Vatsmusai Beruach Gevur Yeshoyer. But your essence will remain with that Ruach HaGvur. You will remain that strong and powerful person. V'ad zikna v'ad seva. Even to the old, old years. Old, the oldest age. Ligibor minatseach. Ligibor, I'm sorry. Ligibor minatseach b'melchemes Hashem yisater. You will be the victorious the, the warrior, the one who is victorious and will be crowned with the victory of war. In that war, <clears throat> whether it's a war against things that are evil or whether it's a war to fight for things that are right, you will be crowned in your life with the victory of, the, of those battles. So in the end, the Rebbe comes, leaves on an optimistic note. He doesn't Khalila. The beginning of, was very, very depressing. But he concludes... He concludes with the optimism of a chassid, of a descendant of the Kuzhin Samagid. <clears throat> and that, that's a good way for us to, that's a good way for us to, to end this, to end this man of having this chus of, of having this chus of, of connecting to this sadik and, and learning the words of this sadik that mamish every single word is like fire. So Halavai, I think the tefillah that we should all have when we come to this little bit of a of, of a of a of a break, that the tefillah we should have is that is that that is that we daven that the Rebbe should be a melech for us. That not only should we not only should we learn and appreciate his teachings, but that we should be able to become what he wants what he was talking about, what he was dreaming of for himself and for ourselves. Not only to not only to become people who learn Chassidish Asvar, or to learn the words of the Tzaddikim, but to become such people. And to begin, to begin, in, to begin in a small way to try to, just like reviewing Chesha Mishpat, to Chazar over B'nei Machshava Toiva, to review the Tzavaziras, and to try to pick over the over the over the these weeks to pick a, a few of the things that maybe we could begin to integrate within ourselves to bring to apply to life that it shouldn't be chasosham that we should leave such such a safe and, and and just having learned something and not having become something because that's what the Rebbe is talking about here. That's what he wanted. That's what his whole life was about. And we could do it in a small way. We can't tell. The whole program will, will, will be something that will overwhelm us. But certainly to choose two or three of the inyonim and B'nei Machshav and Savaziris that each one might have felt a stronger connection to a particular inyon. And to try somehow to bring that into our lives. And it doesn't have to be something that we discuss with other people or even with a wife or with children. It doesn't have to become a project that we sh- that everybody has to know about. It's something which is very personal and very private. It's part of that own individual holy war that each one of us has been asked to wage in this life, in this world. 
And Be'ez Hashem will be able to also experience some of the sweetness of being victorious. <clears throat> so I wish to, to each and every one of the Chavra that, that we should be Matzliach in this. We should be successful in this and we should we should be able to we should be able to take pride. I don't I don't believe, I don't know of another of another Bes Medrash where where the Eish Kodesh is, is not only someone that that the Chassidim talk about or individual Chassidim look in the swarm, but that we've taken upon ourselves to Bez Hashem to go through all the Rebbe's teachings from beginning till the end, which I mean some over the years will do, and 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 not just as a limud but as something as a chassidus for our for our days. And that's because the Baruch Shalom should give us the idea that we should be successful in these in these things that we're trying to take upon ourselves, Bez Hashem. And that hopefully, and I think about this all the time, that, that it must be that the Piyazetzna has unbelievable Nachas Ruach, that there is such a Chabur. We should know that and be aware of it. And we should be Zarechim Hashem to even speak directly about this, it will be to be in which I hope one day that we could take. Maybe our chabur will be able to have the schus to go into. We can't. We can't daven by the rabbi's grave. You understand? There's no tzin. There's no ohel. The Nazis in Machshamam didn't leave a tzin and oil for the piyazetzna. But we can go to piyazetzna. My daughter was there, and we could and we could walk through that village where he walked. Not that I have any tefillah to be in that, in that place of Tuma in Poland, but in that place of Tuma there were such islands of holiness. We should be zeichet to maybe, maybe next year we could do such a thing, Bez Hashem, to, to go into Davin by the, by the Kivrei Tzadikim, and even to Davin where, where the ashes were blowing. Something. To have more of a to the Rebbe and to the other Tzadikim. Okay.